When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right everyone, it's Gigpod episode 202, covering Celtic's predictable exit from the Champions League, although it is still the old European Cup to me. And here's a disclaimer, it's not going to be a laugh, partly because of the subject that we're chatting about, which is uh, Celtic being eliminated from Europe completely, but also because myself, Stevie, is on tonight with Rizzo, who I'm sure will be as opinionated as ever. So Jonathan, thank you for giving up your time to talk about our European exit, when you could be watching a team from the Premier tonight in Europe. Yes, I'm actually missing a Manchester United Galatasaray thriller at the moment, but uh, yes, I'm here to entertain the listeners as usual. Hello, Stevie. Hello, everybody. We weren't even going to do a pod, but you thought we should do one, and here we are, as usual, never letting the listeners down. Do you know what? The reason I thought we should do one is because I think the overall mood among the fans is one of, I wouldn't say it's like all-out anger. I don't think we're far off it, though. I think we're extremely dissatisfied, and it's... Not just the fans that do this type of thing. I mean, I listened to Pod Tim's last night. I thought they were absolutely on the ball. I've not listened to the rest of the podcasts that I usually listen to. But I suspect pretty much all of them, like your Axom, 20 Minute Tim's, the Cynic and all that, I think they'll probably feel the same as the rest of us. And I'm just at the stage now where it just, I was on at my granddad just about five minutes before we started recording here, John. I'm just bored. I'm utterly bored already with Celtic this season. I don't think it's going to stay like this all season. We should snap out the malaise, and I'm hoping we do snap out it in January. I expect us to invest, and I expect us to react, but that's what I'm so bored of, John. I'm so bored of the fact that, I said, I said to you ages ago, we're such a reactive club, and we never do things uh, proactively, but we're thinking, we could have totally avoided this situation in the summer if we just invested in the team. We were crying out after last season, we saw it. Goalkeeper and a left-back. Quality striker added in, as well as a midfielder in there, who... It was in the mould of like a Victor Manyama type who was never replaced, especially when it comes to games in Europe, John. And that's I honestly just feel the fans right now are sick of pouring money into Celtic. But let's not kid ourselves, John. It's the fans that keep this club alive. I mean, Celtic's main revenue, income, is all from the fans. It's a ridiculous amount of money that they pour into the club. Now, the fans are absolutely sick of the fact that they're seeing nothing. It's been a manny's decline in the last 20 years where once you were so proud going to see Celtic in Europe, you were actually excited, you were buzzing to see he's in Europe 
uh, against the best because you know that we go toe to toe with them. And I get it. I know that football has moved on, but unfortunately Celtic haven't and we seem so comfortable just to be a few steps ahead of Rangers and turning up and half arsing it in the league. But when it comes to actually progression outside that, those in power at Celtic don't strive for the same levels of ambition as the fans. People are just getting sick of it now and frankly I am and I'm sure you are as well. It's boring really. It's boring that we're out of Europe. Really a game to spare again. It's, it's boring that we're so pathetic in Europe. It's boring that We've no won a game in the knockout stage of European competition since 2004. 2004, that's 19 years ago. And like, we're, it's boring. This could be the podcast title, boring. That we're just in another title race where I have no very good Rangers team. But then this is not a very good Celtic team. And I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to pick you up on you saying, you believe we're going to invest in January? Pull the other one. No way are we going to invest. Maybe if things go badly wrong, like between now and the window opening and we drop points all over the place, we'll invest. But that's not a Celtic MO. What we'll do is buy some more projects and desperately hope that we can turn them in for a profit. But I mean, that's not going to last much longer because most, nearly every project that we've bought over the last 12 months has not been good enough. Even like a player like Alistair Johnson, who I do rate, don't really think's that good a player, so I, I would be uh, I would be surprised really if in January we uh, splash the cash. I mean, I just kind of see it happening. We've got the squad's far too big. We've got so many players we need to get rid of, and it's just tedious. I mean, we knew it was going to happen last night. I thought we competed well, but as soon as and you were going on and on, or well, you were texting about how crap last they were, and they were crap, but they've still beat us twice, and I think that says all about us. We're, we don't take Europe seriously, we're a joke. All we care about is staying one step ahead of Rangers. I mean, they just about practically admitted that last week, that they, they don't budget for the Champions League. It's just a bonus, that money we get, because we don't spend it. Of course, we need to keep that for a rainy day, we may end up like So, as somebody once said, so, uh, no, I'm just bored. It's boring dealing with sailing Europe, and it, it's just... It's making the domestic games boring as well. I mean, I know the the, the listeners who we love, we all are hearts the way I hear this, but is MD really looking forward to us playing a Craig Levine St. Johnson team on Sunday where they'll have 10 men behind the ball for like the first nanosecond? No. So it's up to Celtic to sort that. They should just admit that the world were buying projects. Instead of coming out with like Brendan's stuff last week where he's firmly behind all his signings. Come on, Brendan. He even said last night we're lacking quality. So, if they just actually come out and say this was the strategy, people wouldn't like it, but I think they'd deal with it better. But no, it's just a shambles in Celtic, and I don't want to compare uh, Brendan to Ange, because let's face it, Ange was rubbish in Europe, but the football was so much better last season. I would be looking forward to Celtic games, but I'm just not looking forward to any of them either. They're tedious as yet, and just thank goodness this podcast will never be tedious, right, Stevie? Well, I don't know about that, John, but... Hey, we'll let the listeners decide for themselves and answer that question. But going by the Spotify wrapped, we're doing something right. But I know you want to talk about that at the end. We're not going to let our egos get distracted for um, the main issue, which is Celtic now. And you're right, it is utterly boring and to the point. <laughs> Sunday, I mean, games at McDermott Park are already crap, let's face it. You just know what you're up against. It's always a rotten pitch. Hardly any um, atmosphere in the stadium. St Johnston haven't got any fans, basically. And... We take over two stands there. By default, it usually is just a, an easy three points there. I think it's going to be an utter slog of a game. I'm telling you now, I'm really not looking forward to watching it because, as I said to you in the last few months, I don't know what we're trying to do. I just I just don't get what our philosophies are and I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. And the fullbacks were being inverted. Now they're not. 
they're just traditional, but they hardly even go over the halfway line. They don't assist the wingers. They there's no relationship out wide between the wide men and the fullbacks at all. In midfield, there's no physicality, there's no aggression, there's nothing, there's just no cohesion among that three. Yesterday I said against Lazio, why don't we do something different? I mean, we've got nothing in the wings, as we saw last night. Thought maybe bring back to Moki Awata, and there's another one, John, we'll talk about that later. I mean, don't know what's going on with that guy. You bring in Awata, you have McGregor and O'Reilly, uh, and then maybe Tumble. Have that midfield a bit more compact and try and win the battle there. Nine times out of ten, you win that battle in midfield in any game. You're going to have success. Uh, you'll certainly have avoided defeat most likely, but no, we, we couldn't even do that right. Very rarely troubled Lazio. We had an effort with Kyogo, and then Yang had them run across the goal, and that was like a wee flurry we had for five minutes of the second half, but then absolutely nothing. There was improvements there last night, but the overall theme was just the quality. It was kind of, I mean, you looked at that bench, and to quote Lenny, my heart sank, John. It really did. Uh, there's nobody on that bench last night that I thought could really change a game, and when you're getting into these games with James Forrest starting, and then you bring on Mikey Johnston, but we really had to win to stay in Europe. It's just dismal. It's a real dismal state of affairs and I, I, I really do doubt that we take ourselves seriously. The fans do. I've got no doubt the players go out and play to the best of their ability as well. And the manager, I don't think Brendan's turned up. Just want to have a laugh here. I think Brendan is generally taking the job seriously and wants to do his best. But I just think the powers that be at Celtic just aren't serious enough. You, you even look at the, the, the interviews, John, before the games and everything as well. It's like... We plucky Celtic, just happy to be here. They're questioning some of the players going, what's it like to play at this big stadium? Or you're up against these top players, how does it feel? And it's just almost like, you know, we're so lucky and we have to be so humble at the fact that we're at, we're, at, we're at these stadiums and we're at these venues. Like, we've got to hear through sheer hard work last season and everything that we've done last season has just been slowly dismantled in front of us from a negligent board and those on top and the amazing thing is they think it's okay they think it's absolutely fine to reward each other for failure what you're seeing at Celtic at the top John is just reminding me of the way that the SFA were in the 90s and early 2000s just job for the boys stuff everybody at Celtic they're all pals with each other it's very clear that there needs to be change at Celtic there needs to be a complete fresh implementation and new ideas but see as long as the powers that be remain there and they have done John for far too long now you're talking like nearly 20 odd years for Peter Lowell it's crazy like after 0809, this guy like in January we were screaming out for a striker you had Jan Venegura Hesselink was on the way out injury wise Scott McDonald was off form I think Samaras um, had his purple patch and he was going through a rough time as well we badly needed a striker we only needed to give Hibs a couple of million for Stephen Fletcher that would have probably won us the league that season we neglected to do it those last few games you saw what happened uh, the last two games actually it was 2-0-0 draws we had nothing left in the tank and amazingly enough Peter Lowell still survives in that role it's genuinely doing my head in they won't see it as failure because look we've won the league time after time after time after time the season tickets still sell out and their plan is to buy players and sell them off which we already know is a good plan because it's worked in the past but it stopped working now because we're buying too many projects. But the board will see what's happening as a success. And until fans stop going to games, which I don't think they will, the board will see it's a success. I mean, we've won so many leagues. I think 12 at the last 13 or something. We've won so many cups. The season tickets sell out every single year. Look at how hard it is to get tickets, even for like run-of-the-mill games. I mean, I know there's lots of tickets always for sale on the, on the Twitter sites. But... They games sell games are not easy to get tickets for. I mean, it's easy to get tickets for teams in the my beloved Premiership at times than it is for Celtic. And this is a Celtic team that isn't very good at the moment, and the board aren't popular. 
but the demand's still there. I mean, see when we go back in, in my day, in the, the uh, late 80s and early 90s, when I was a, a very, very young lad, Celtic never had any attendances like we had to know anything like that, and that was when Celtic used to win leagues and stuff, but we never ever had like 50, 60,000 a week, that only happened when the the new stadium get built, and the demand's practically always been there, unless a, a, a team's like fell apart in March or something, like Tony Mowbray years, and like that, the stadium was practically empty, but the demand's there, so the board will think that's a success, the fact that we're winning trophies non-stop means it's a success, and the fact that the player the model of signing players is still the more for a big one. It has worked in the past as a success. But the thing is they've come too obsessed with buying with buying project players. All the signings are project players now. I mean it used to be that some of the signings were project players and we would bring in a guy like Aaron Moy, who was an experienced player, or we would buy an experienced striker or something. But no new every player is a project player. Maybe somebody like Kyogo and Dyson well, but they were bought in because obviously Ange knew them. But now I've become too obsessed with the the project method of signing players, and I can I can see why they do it because it has got as great success. I mean, you just need to look at the Jota signing, and we sold him for thirty million or something. But we need to stop doing that. We need to sign more experienced players, and we need to do it in January. But I don't think we will. I think it'll be more projects. I mean, the the left back that we're linked with. I hope he's a left back and not a left winger. I mean, he's only like twenty two or something. He's at the start of his career. Oh, be four million pounds a project. We need to buy players that are the finished article and commit to this team and freshen it up. At what point is that a success when you look at the decline in Europe? That knockout stage record, as you say, 19 years there. 15 games now that we haven't won a Champions League game for as well. And the home record, I mean, it used to Celtic Park, there used to be a fortress. We grew up with the fact that teams were terrified to come to Celtic Park and um, play there. Now, it's just a day out. It's turned into just like a real, it's like a tourist trap now for the visiting teams. Uh, the fans just turn up, take photos, take videos, post it on YouTube. They've probably got a point or three. Forget about all that money in the bank that they talk about and forget about how much they get just for qualifying. At what point can you say that that is a genuine success in Europe, John? Well, for the fans, yeah. But they don't budget to get into the Champions League. They, they budget for the Europa League. So getting to the Champions League is a bonus for us, basically. And obviously that's because like we've won the league and because of the Scottish coefficient, but that's obviously not going to be like that for much longer. And I'd be surprised if we get automatic entry into the Champions League for that much longer. I think it's in two years' time, maybe, that we'll be playing qualifiers again. No, but I mean, we don't budget for the Champions League. So it is genuinely a bonus for us. Unless I've got that wrong, we don't budget for the Champions League. So our game be seen as a success off the pitch, but on the pitch is obviously a, a catastrophe. But... Europe is a bonus, definitely for this Celtic team, for this Celtic club. I mean, I mean, we've not took Europe seriously since I don't know, maybe genuinely seriously. I'd say since Gordon Strachan was a manager, and that was when we could still compete with the best teams in Europe. And that is because the golf and money wasn't as huge as it is now. I mean, the golf was there was still a golf there, but I mean, we could go toe to toe with teams from England and come out on top. That would never happen now. The gulf in finances is far too big. Same with the rest of the leagues in Europe. Scottish football has been left behind. But that doesn't excuse all how pathetic our performances on Europe. I mean, Rangers have got to a European final two years ago. They'll probably be in the knockout stages of the Europa League. So, I mean, off the off the pitch, they'll still see as a success. Because they're businessmen, basically. And we're making loads of money in it. But obviously, to all of us, the fans, and probably the players... 
and probably Brendan on the pitch though as a failure. But then we knew Brendan was banned Europe when we when we wanted a manager. So maybe the board should take responsibility for that as well. I mean, it is just simply money that they care about. Look at how much they're fleecing fans for. Like, forget getting players in and everything, forgetting the transfer activity. The first thing they do is make sure that all the merchandise is all out in the summer, then October, then on to winter, then on to spring. I mean, they fly with that. You saw that play of the year event at the Hydro. and That's going to sell out as well. I mean, it shouldn't, but it will. And again, that'll just line their pockets. And I just think a lot of people at Celtic having to get any time and hate the fans as well. I mean, I'm under no illusions the fact that people at Celtic probably hate the likes of us, that what we do, what we do. Um, I don't think they can probably be bothered dealing with, as they put it, fan media. That's fair enough. When I mean, you look at the way that they're treating the Green Brigade and the Ultras too, it's just with complete and utter disdain. Like, I think they'd be happy to see the back of them forever. I don't think that is going to be the case, but that's just how I feel about it. Do you think Celtic would benefit from a couple of football men and there are genuine Celtic fans on that board to actually like sort of get in touch with reality and stop making it about the money and always about the money over anything else? I, uh, I suppose it would work, but no, there'd be too many personality clashes. I don't think the, the board hate the fans. I mean, I hope someone listening to GigPod keep those numbers getting up, right lads? More Spotify hits, but the board have been there for too long. They, they should like really like retire like after like 10 years, at least the, the board members I'd say, but then I'll say it again, they'll, they'll probably think they're doing a great job with the board because Selig are probably more successful now than we've ever been in our history, financially and on the pitch. So when people are uh, king up about how the board will do badly, and I think they are doing badly. They'll point to the stadium being full every week, the trophy cabinet being full of the three domestic trophies until three weeks' time when hopefully I'll win the League Cup. And the fact that we've gained a manager £3 million a year, I think. And we went, and we got out and got a manager that won us an invincible treble. So, I mean, obviously, I think the board are doing poor, but they would, I think they'll think, we're not doing poor. They'll say, we spent £20 million this year and Brendan's should be able to mould their players into uh, like players that can be sold on for profit. The biggest problem is they're too obsessed with signing players and selling them for profit. That, because it's worked in the past, they're obsessed with it. But I, I, I really don't think getting for more football guys in the board would work because I'm sure in a weird way Mark Lowell is a football guy, but it's not really working what he's doing. An MD that come in would just be a sort of probably another City Group affiliated guy. Maybe enough like Andrew's City Group affiliated, you know, so you never know. But, no, I mean, I think we should talk about the actual football now because talking about the board is just depressing. And if things keep going the way we are, we'll end up talking about the board more and more during the pod this season. So let's hope that's not the case. I look at the Instagram comments and we asked for your reactions to last night. You had Big H, 1888, who said he's dissatisfied the board are totally disconnected from what the fans want to see and achieve. Totally agree with that. Uh, Jay McElroy, 07, he says the willful lack of ambition from the board in Europe is all too clear to see but a lack of on-field quality. We saw that last night as well, John. And the last one about the board is from McVeigh, 1979, who says, same old Celtic in Europe, really. So predictable. It's not the players or the manager's fault. It's all in the board. So let's bring it to the players and manager now, John. I know you want to talk about that. But why do you think Brendan came back? And how much of the blame does he take for this campaign this season? Allegedly, just allegedly came back because his family loved Glasgow. And he's getting big wages. And let's be real, it's a league that he should be able to win fairly comfortably. I don't know if that's going to be the case now. But I mean, I think his family loves Glasgow. Understandable. Great, great city. I know you agree. He'll be getting a lot of money. 
to be the Celtic manager. And, as I said, it's a league that he should be able to win. But I think he does have to take quite a lot of blame because he doesn't know his best team, I don't think. And he's, he really doesn't try things differently enough. I mean, domestically or in Europe. I mean, the, the big change for last season is playing Kyogo more withdrawn than as the main striker. And that's no what, basically. I think it's worked when he scored against Rangers, I mean, we won at Ibrox and that's about that. He doesn't know how to manage in Europe. I think he's like, uh, statistically, the worst one of the worst managers has ever been in the Champions League. I think he's only won two games in the group stages when you count them with us and with Liverpool. So the board didn't bring him in because he's brilliant European record, because let's face it, he's rubbish managing Europe. No slight in Brendan, who I think is a good manager, but we didn't bring him back to do well in Europe because, as I said, we don't take Europe seriously. And if we did, we'd, have, we'd be bringing in a manager that's actually had success in Europe. Brendan hasn't. As I said in the last pod, I'd have Brendan away at the end of the season and replace Bange or Ian, other exciting football guy. And I'd be happy with that because I think the football would play as rubbish. I'm, I'm maybe now we'll come out and win 6 nothing on Saturday and people can throw it in my face. Sunday, I mean, and people can throw it in my face and say, you're wrong about Brendan, he's the man. But I can't see that happening. And... I just don't think he's the same manager as he was back in the day. I mean, obviously, the, the difference is there was no competition then. People might say there's no competition now, but I mean, obviously, Rangers aren't a pathetic joke that like, they were then on the pitch anyway. But no, Brendan's never been a good manager in Europe, so nothing that's happened this season surprised me. I mean, I think even if we did bring in all these players that we wanted, I still don't think we would have done that well in Europe because Brendan just can't manage in Europe. So for me, it does take quite a lot of blame. I mean, obviously, I know it's the board take the majority of the blame for what's happening this season. Brendan hasn't helped his sell either, and I think a lot of the players have been rubbish as well. But no, I don't, I don't think Brendan's done well, really. I know I know we're unbeaten in the league. Whoop they do We've had some absolutely terrible performances. Just look at last Saturday. We're at the League Cup, we're not in the final. A trophy with one non-stop, and uh, he's not doing very well for me. So he has to take quite a lot of the blame for the, the fiasco in Europe. I think there's one game that has impressed me tactically, and that was against Atletico Madrid at home. 2-1 up at half-time. And then we did make it to each. It went more compact and we managed the game pretty well after that. Even when people were criticising them, not going for it when um, they were down to 10 men, I think the right thing to do was just settle for that draw because if we lost that game, the confidence would have just plummeted. Other than that though, it's been really poor. Um, you can argue about the fact that he's not had a lot of quality. Again, I don't know why he wasn't banging down the board's door in the summer for that. I would never know, maybe he was, but I don't know. I just don't know why you go into that campaign with Joe Hart and goal, Greg Taylor as your left back, and not have an alternative to Kyogo. I know I really don't. I can't get my head around that at all. As I say, I do think we'll rectify that in January because Brendan will be massively unhappy. I would assume. I think he'll want to get players in in January, hopefully early, and I think the board will pander to him. But then the next summer, I think they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they went more. Listen, we batch in January. Might do with what you've got. Can't really afford to be giving you more money. Uh, funds are tight as it is. Just work with what you've got in the summer for getting into that Champions League campaign. Honestly, I can not, I can genuinely see that type of scenario happening, John. Getting away for that. The Lazio game, there really wasn't a lot in it. Alistair Johnston at the back post. Uh, Mrs. Pedro and that's in. And I remember we were doing that one in Molly's, John. We, we, we did say, didn't we? Like, that's done. Um, we're going to really struggle in Europe after that. It's turned out to be the case. When I look at the games, right, John, is there anyone in particular that stands out? Is there a real low point from that pitiful list? And I don't want to really break down the games match day by match. They all merge into one. They are just really disappointing uh, and underwhelming. Is there anyone that just stands out? Is just a real sore one, performance and result combined? 
Well, yeah, I don't want to really touch on any of the players because that's all been done. I mean, we know about their, their faults. We've seen it before and we'll see it again. No, I mean, I suppose the, the tone was set. We finaled and we never re- uh, we never really recovered. Well, the first two games, actually, we didn't really recover. I mean, we were comfortable against Feyenoord and then, as usual, we give away a, a stupid goal in first half injury time. Then saying half would just go to pieces with our discipline letting us down. Like, so at home, I mean... We still won that game. We scored. We thought we scored the winner with ten minutes to go. And then, as you say, that goal just completely ended the campaign. That Lazio winner. I mean, we did play well against the Flair Club for the first forty-five minutes, and that thought was a good result. But it was the same old faults. Really, we've seen them all before. Give away silly goals. Give away goals like in bunches, like one after the other. Our discipline's been terrible. I mean, I know people going about how we get treated harshly in Europe, but. Our discipline is poor in Europe, and the players just really aren't good enough. I mean, I think Kyogo he had a good campaign to an extent. He scored a couple of goals, better campaign than last season. Matt O'Reilly had a good campaign as well. Liam Scales can hold his head high as well. I mean, I thought he was bullied last night, but I mean, Chiwa Mobley's a great striker, and I mean, nobody thought Liam Scales would be in the select team for the first half of the season, so I'm not going to criticise him for that. I mean, he, he, I think, can hold his head high, but I mean, I think, like, CCV, for example, didn't have a great campaign. I mean, both went on unendingly about the likes of Joe Hart and Greg Taylor, but I thought that Alistair Johnson didn't really cover the ceiling glory. Hatati didn't really feature cause injury, so I really I won't criticise him much. Ah, uh, Cal McGregor. I mean, I suppose I decided I didn't want to talk about players, but we'll need to briefly talk about him because he's just no influencing influencing these games at all. I, 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 I just don't know really. I mean, we're talking about Brendan. I mean, I know you love uh, Tomoki Awata. And are desperate for him to play. And it is odd the way Brendan's handled some of the players. I mean, Awata scored against Hearts. I don't think he's been seen since. We've not heard him being injured. If we're going to play Mikey jo- if we're going to involve guys like Mikey Johnson, like he should have gave him more time in the run up to the game. I mean, we just threw him on really in a, in a f- one of the last. F- well, actually, it was nothing when he came on, but we threw him on anyway because we're running out of players. Bernardo playing last night. Why did we not play him on Saturday? I mean, instead of Callum McGregor, because we didn't need to hold him with fields, but to give him some game time. I mean, I feel sorry for Bernardo. I think his last two starts have been in the Champions League, and he's no hardly been seen at all. And the the Premier League, I mean, I, I really don't understand what Brendan's doing with the squad. It's leaving me really scratching what's left in my head. In my head. So, I don't know, I mean... I, I say we didn't want to talk about the, Brendan and the players, but I mean, it all merges into one confusing scenario now where I just didn't expect Celtic to be so, I don't know, we're in December and there's still so many questions asked. I thought when Brendan came in, probably against a better judgement, I thought, oh, well, we'll win the league, no bother, we'll maybe do better in Europe, because we'd heard that we were going to like, spend big this summer, I think that was just paper talk. Or just like daft rumours in the internet, but I thought like by the start of December, I mean by the start of December, we should have known like what we're like by now this season under Brendan. I don't really think MD does. I mean, obviously, I know the the injuries we've got are poor, but as I said the other day, you kind of use that as an excuse when you're Celtic, especially in Scotland, where we've got our, us and Rangers have got by far the much bigger biggest squads in the league, so you kind of use injuries as an excuse. I'm sorry, but as just odd that we're, in, we're going into December, our next game's in December, and there's still so many questions about Celtic, and who knows if they're going to get answered. I mean, if, if we're going to win the double, which I dearly hope we do, 
I mean, it might end up just people over the cracks, and in the summer we're all sitting scratching our heads again, but what's the, what the plan is? See, when the group was drawn, I remember being on with John in 67 Hail Hail, and I was quite adamant that our goal should have just been finishing the third, uh, winning at home and building on it. I think due to the problems of um, Celtic sides in the past in Europe, and our general ability to let the fans down on that stage, I think the bare minimum was that we should have been looking to get a win and just build on it. We couldn't even do that. Do you agree that no matter what happens against Feyenoord, it's going to get the Benoit treatment? Because I, I couldn't care less about it. I remember, you made a good point last night. You were saying Celtic have a habit of, in match day six, every game being meaningless. I remember, right, Villarreal, um, 2008, I think we won 2-0, I remember that. The Barcelona one, we could beat 6-1, like, with nothing to play for there. Brendan's first season, Man City, a respectable one each draw, but it meant nothing to finish last. I think Brendan's second season was against Anderlecht. We could beat 1-0 there, although we had qualified, hadn't we, for the Europa League. I'm trying to think of other ones. We didn't make it in 18-19, and then under Ange, we get beat, we get thumped 5-1 against Real Madrid. I don't know if you can think of any more, but it's some habit we've got, so I um, I take it for the Feyenoord one. You're the same as me, well, frankly. You just, I mean, a win would be nice. Make sure that doesn't go to uh, 16 winless games, but other than that, in that week, as you were saying last night, Hearts is a far bigger game than Feyenoord. How tragic is that? Hearts, a bigger game than a match at Feyenoord at home. As a Rhett Butler once said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. There's one for the film fans out there. But no, I mean, I've I seen a Celtic blog that I won't name uh, because I don't like them, basically. They're, uh, they're friends of the board, let's say. They said they were going on about how the, it was a big game final. And what we, because we could make a couple of million pounds that we'll not spend, break out the champagne. No, I, I don't care about that game. And in fact, I don't even think I'm going to watch it. If we do a pod, I'll watch the highlights on uh, the YouTube, TNT Sports YouTube channel uh, before that, before we do the pod, but no, I don't care about the game. Harrison, much more important, it's literally got nothing on it. It's not important for Feyenoord either. They've secured third place. They're probably thinking, we, we may have a big game in the league, so we'll rest everybody. And in fact, if I was Celtic, I would be doing that, because we're playing Hearts on the Saturday. That's only, like, less than 72 hours before we play Hearts that we're playing Feyenoord, because it's Wednesday, Saturday. I mean, the last time that happened... Wednesday, Saturday, we played Hibs and drew on each in a game which you said was one of the worst games you've ever seen. No, we need to put a run in our wins together domestically. Europe means nothing now. We've got a load of fairly turgid domestic games to concentrate on instead, which will no doubt be great fun. I mean, I said, I said in a group chat today, wasn't it you're the one? Sorry, I'm the only Celtic fan. I said that the thought of watching us play away St. Johnston and Kilmarnock in the next two weeks is so, so dull. And it is. And I and I don't I don't just blame the board for that. I blame Brendan and the players. I I, I just can't believe the complete difference in attitude for last season. And I mean last season, let's not make any bones about it. We're crap under Ange in Europe. And much as we love Ange, mate, he was so lucky to play in the Champions League, mate, etc. He uh, he was poor in Europe, but it was a brilliant manager in every other way. And we loved him, and I still hope he does well at Tottenham even though they're sort of phony bits now. But you'd still be excited about seeing an Ange team play because you knew the football would be good. We're not going to play good football under Brendan unless there's a big change, unless he just thinks, hey, I'm going to change the way I play. I'll be more of the boring stuff that we watched on Saturday and we could hope we are better players will hopefully bludgeon our way to a tedious victory. But no, 
Feyenoord does the matter. I don't care if we get two or three million quid for winning a game. Big deal. We'll not spend it anyway. We'll just we'll probably just give contracts to players that are far too long, like the captain's five-year contracts. Five years. My God, that that just looks preposterous, really. And we've still got like James Forrest and James McCarthy here until twenty twenty-five as well. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. But no, I don't care about the final game. It's it's nothing. The hearts that week is far more important. The league's all important now, which is a a sad state of affairs. So, and in fact, it'll probably be out to your advantage that Rangers are going to be in Europe after Christmas because hopefully they get knackered. But then we thought that would happen when they go to the uh, Europa League final before that run would end, and it didn't. So no, it's a, a sad state of affairs. It's really pretty unbelievable that we're in this situation. Uh, just a couple of months into Brennan coming back. I mean, I didn't. I mean, we were talking about when the draw was made. I didn't expect it to do much at all in Europe. I was hoping beyond hope would be third. No, the, the biggest issue to me, even more than a wonderful board, is the fact that I'm not enjoying watching Celtic and an awful lot of that is the boring football. And I really hope we we start to change that on Sunday. I mean, uh, in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't mean a lot if we go to St. Johnson and win 5-0. It would make me feel slightly better about where the Celtic team's going. But then we beat Aberdeen 6 nothing and threw one each from Motherwell, so... I don't know, there's just an awful lot of questions at Celtic. There are more questions than answers, as I saw once put it. I mean, we said it when Brendan came back. He was going on about Europe constantly, remember? Every press conference he was talking about Europe and the players that he needed. He needed to add power, he needed to add athleticism in the Celtic team, and we've not seen that at all. Like he was going on about that constant though, power, power, power. You watch Celtic on that stage, and we're just bullied off the ball. We've got no physicality. Like, what was he thinking? Was it all just buzzwords? Do you think he genuinely meant that, and he wasn't bad, or was it just buzzwords to get the fans on side when they were very uh, cynical after the way he left? Because I'll never understand that why he went on about that so much. More than anything, it was a lot of words, but absolutely zero action. I can't get my head around that. I think it was a bit of both, really. It was like. What you thought with him, and it was buzzwords because I remember I was at a uh, Manchester Outbreak Festival, so I didn't actually see the press conference. But I remember you were telling me about it, so I watched it the next morning. And it was going on about Europe a lot. And I even mentioned it to you. I thought, why, why is this about? I'm going on about Europe so much. When see when you think about it though, he's never been a good manager in Europe, so why was he mentioning Europe? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't really know now. I mean, I talked to his terrible record in Europe and. He wasn't going to change that in a year, even if we'd kept, even with a Celtic squad, which is still most of the same squad that just won a treble. That doesn't mean jack shit in Europe. I think it was probably buzzwords, because you know Brendan loves to talk. And he might have believed it as well. He said he might have thought, right, I'm a better manager now. I'll, I'll sign the players I want, and that'll get us like great guns in Europe. When it hasn't happened at all. None of our players that we bought have really done anything in Europe, apart from Palma with that goal against Atletico Madrid. And he was unlucky against Lazio, get that one disallowed. But none of the new players have improved the squad, so I think it was just really mostly Brendan being Brendan. He might have, belie- he might have believed it as well, that the board and him would come up with some great scheme, but then I think the board must have said, no, we're just going to buy project players that you can go and sell. But we can sell for £20 million in X number of years, which isn't going to happen. But no, that does stick out on my own. When we look back, whenever Brendan leaves Celtic, which I think might be in the summer, we'll, we'll look back at that press conference and be like, what was he going on about? Because it was odd that he was like obsessed with Europe. Mentioned it, mentioned it more than he mentioned like domestic leagues. And he's turned out to be like, made to look like a fool. And that's not just the board's fault, it's his fault as well. 
I think what will make me really angry is if anyone at Celtic automatically deflects from their feelings this season in the European campaign and starts pointing fingers elsewhere. Like the big one for me is if they if they start giving it, we'll, we'll look at Benfica or look at Antwerp. I think Antwerp, to my knowledge, have lost all five games. Benfica, so far, have lost all four games. They're playing into Milan tonight. And I know uh, Benfica are a massive club. And Celtic will probably turn... If anybody at Celtic turned round and goes, well, could be worse, look at them. Look at what we've managed. I'll, honestly, I'll, I'll erupt at that. I sincerely hope Celtic don't do that and they actually do accept their feelings um, and they actually address them as opposed to pointing the finger at other teams and doing that classic deflection tactic because I will lose I will lose the plot if that happens, John. I don't think that'll happen because I don't even think Celtic will think about it. I mean, we've got the money for the Champions League. The Champions League is seen as a bonus, so no, I don't even think that'll come into MD Celtic's weird thinking. I think they'll just be thinking this another year in the Champions League. It's where poorly the money's banked. Move on to domestic matters. I don't think that'll even come into MD's thoughts at Celtic. Look at Rangers, as everybody always does. They were even, they were the worst team in it last season, so well at least we're not Rangers. Penalty to Rangers, etc. 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 Give yourself a pat in the back, it just solves everything making jokes about Rangers. Is it time for Ask Rizzo? Well, this isn't an Ask Rizzo, this is more like giving people their say and their reaction to last night and the campaign overall. So I'll do it ready. Yes, but we should bring back Ash Rizzo as an egomaniac. We'll need more of that. Yeah, we'll do that for the domestic games, okay? So, uh, Keen Cruikshank, he says, we're in a no-man's land right now. We're too good for Scotland, but not good enough for Europe. Europe, yes, we're not very good. Scotland, too early to tell. Sam Malky, what can Yang do that Vata can't? And what can Bernardo do that Awata can't? Do you agree that the player selection is confusing from the manager? Yes, we've talked about that before. Awata should be involved. Uh, Rocco Vata won't be because he's leaving, so that'll be why he's not involved. Kieran McGean, he says he's just sick of the same old in Europe. 15 European games without a win is plain embarrassing. It's worse than embarrassment, it's humiliating. Yeah, Grant Miller, that's what he said, just completely embarrassing too. Uh, Mark John Bean, three away games, 10 goals conceded, zero goals scored, absolute garbage, and we've only scored three. All of them have been at home, but have been so toothless away. Um... Did you expect us to be so bad away from home this season in Europe? <laughs> Basically, yes. Mark John Bean again was also saying uh, bet nobody thought Mikey Johnston would be replacing Forrest in a Champions League game this year. Certainly know you weren't expecting that, but I think the big one for me was Forrest even starting. Did you expect any of that Forrest to start, Mikey Johnston to come on? Well, no, after the first game, no. But I mean, obviously, if we had DM and Palmer and Dunedin would start, they probably would still be involved though, which is worrying enough, but no. That's really more down to circumstances then, but it is... Bad. Connor Bev 91, he simply states, we are pathetic and we've got no right to laugh at Rangers. Oh, I agree with that, especially in Europe. Oh, aye, they wipe the floor with us. Mm-hmm. Matt, KC3, plan poorly, executed poorly, and a complete waste of time and money for the support, and I would totally agree with that one as well, John. I think, the, the, I mean, all the fans, the, the numbers they took to Feyenoord, Madrid, and Rome, one day there'll be repercussions for it. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon, but it is, it's just a complete wasting time and money. For the fans, and I think you were saying Hamish was on about a boycott, but I think it's wishful thinking. I love Hamish to bits, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, I don't know be any repercussions in our lifetimes because fans still love going to see Celtic, and I don't think there'll be a boycott at the final game. But I do think it'll be a lot quieter than usual. I think it'll maybe be thirty-five to forty thousand at the game, which is still quite a lot, really, for a game that means nothing. Olin Barrett says he's frustrated with the fact that the media make a big deal about Celtic's terrible record in Europe but not for teams with a lot of money but I couldn't care about the teams with the money it's about Celtic and 
technically John Celtic do have a lot of money when you look at that bank balance that they love to go on about and celebrate. Yeah, and we do deserve to get reminded of how bad our record is. Uh, I know the media gets slagged a lot, but not what they meant to say. Say like an actually good in Europe. No, it's embarrassing, so the record should get mentioned and laughed at. So, no, I'm not having that. Last comment here from Conor Latka, who uh, I'm going to dispute this, but he says, close but no cigar out with uh, Atletico Madrid away. But it was silly mistakes that cost us dearly. I don't know if I'd ever say we were close. To be honest, John, um, I think it was fine margins in a couple of games, but I think we were just outclassed comprehensively in the three away games, to be honest. Feyenoord and Lazio last night, we just never looked as if we were going to score early a glove on them. No, even though we played right against Feyenoord up to when they scored, we never really created anything in any away games, so... We are where we deserve to be, out of Europe where a game to go. So the European campaign is over. We'll definitely not be talking about Feyenoord, no matter the result. We could get cuffed, or we could actually uh, win a game. But myself and John won't be covering that. Uh, as far as we're concerned, the European campaign for season 23-24 is over. We've done the Instagram comments for once we've actually not forgot about it, John. Hooray us, and we're going to end it here. But before that, you wanted to talk about Spotify Wrapped? Yes, a brilliant app, and thank you to all our... Many listeners and subscribers on Spotify. We won't mention the numbers, but our followers have been up quite a lot. And I will actually mention the the top episode. It was episode 182, the debrief after a now legendary 101 at Ibrox. That was the top episode. And our numbers have been going up. But we want more and more and more. We want more subscribers on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on all the other podcast platforms keep those numbers going up because we'll have a lot of podcasts in the, the next month all good but no thank you everybody on spotify all loyal listeners you are the best we love you and thank you all our listeners and all our other podcast platforms we'll love you as well and keep those subscriptions going up and up and up and up and actually i have to say that the most shared episode on facebook and on whatsapp groups was it's only here for a visit Yes, that episode not involving me, involving uh, Stevie and inverted commas Dan. So thanks everybody for sharing and listening to all the pods that we've done this year, but we're not finished yet. But thanks everybody for listening. Stevie, do you want to say thank you to our loyal listeners? Well, they mostly tune in for you and Dan. But yes, thanks to everyone who has to put up with me for being the opening voice of GigPod before you get to the real stuff. I, mean, I don't even have Spotify anymore, so I haven't, I haven't listened to GigPod on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts, but of course I'm listening every episode. Maybe. Right, we'll be back next week. There's loads of Celtic games, so we'll be back next week after the St. Johnson game. All good. Right, I'm sure Celtic will improve on Sunday. They can't get any worse. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend. Start being the real Celtic, please. And hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network.